for joining me today, James and Martin. Uh, very excited to have you both on the podcast. Um, today, we're going to be sharing dating stories that you have had in the past or currently. And I'm really looking forward to hearing all the juicy bits, especially. <laughs> but don't hold back if you feel comfortable. Um, and yeah, we're going to keep it quite casual. There's no script or agenda. So let's see where the conversation takes us and take it from there. But maybe just first off, we can start with brief introductions. Uh, tell me a bit about yourself. Who are you and where are you from? Sure. Um, thank you very much for having me. Um, it's really nice to spend some time with you. Uh, my name is Martin. I live in uh, Perth, Western Australia, but have uh, travelled extensively, I guess, for work and, and pleasure throughout my life. been very lucky in that regard. Uh, Eastern Europe, the African regions and Asia, I guess, areas I've got a real passion for. So, uh, yeah, look, I'm currently, I, I am married, uh, but I guess prior to that, I'd had a, you know, a lot of uh, experience in terms of dating uh, for varying lengths of time uh, with, with women. So, uh, yeah, a, a subject I really like to talk about because, uh, you know, I think dating and relationships are things that everyone struggles with from time to time. And uh, yeah, I think in that regard, I've got a few stories to tell and uh, maybe even a little bit of advice to share. All right. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Uh, so James here. I'm uh, in my early 40s. Uh, I've lived in Hong Kong for, well, 14 years. And then before that, I lived in Malaysia. Uh, I was married uh, before. I'm now divorced. Um, I married when I was very young uh, and divorced sort of in my, mm, I guess, separated and then divorced in my early to mid 30s um and yeah i guess prior to prior to that i didn't really have much dating experience if i'm brutally honest and more i feel like i've lived my life a little bit in, in reverse like my friends call me benjamin button uh <laughs> because I, I i think i've kind of devolved rather than evolved you know jokingly but uh you know likewise i have some you know funny stories to tell but also hopefully a little bit of wisdom to impart too. Um, yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, I'm a heterosexual uh, Caucasian male, originally from Australia, uh, but uh, now living, as I said, in Hong Kong for quite some time. So um, Hong Kong is really home for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really interested in the whole wisdom part because it's safe to say that both of you have been dating around for nearly 20 years, I assume, you know, um, starting in your teenage years and so on and so forth. So I'd, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. If I, if I haven't learned anything in that time, it's a worry. Yeah, it starts being, yeah. getting quite crazy when you say 20 years. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, um, but I mean, I, I guess I'm, I, I was a very slow starter. I was a very, up until my sort of mid twenties, I was a very shy, um, very shy young man. And I, and, and James knew me then, and I was very shy, I struggled to meet people, struggled to, to talk to people. And I guess probably it was about when I hit 26, when, when that all changed and, you know, started to put myself out there a little bit more. So I sort of crammed, crammed a lot into, I think, a, a five or six year period in between then and when I, I met my now wife. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think changed? You said that you were shy and then at 26, what did you become and why, I guess? Um, oh, look, I mean, part of it was I, I sort of had quite a, a bit of a, a 
baby face prior to that. So I had a little bit of extra weight around my face and I sort of was fortunate enough to lose that around sort of 25, 26. So that was part of it. But I don't know, I guess also I just um, stopped, stopped taking life quite so seriously and thought, you know what, life is, is meant, to be, to meant to be fun and you're meant to have experiences. And I decided that I wanted to meet a lot of people and sort of explore um, my sexuality and, and meet nice people. So, you know, I think that, that changed as well. And I'm happy to say pretty much as soon as I did that, um, you know, people started to, to talk to me and show some interest in me. Can I say something here, though? Is it okay if I say something? And, and Martin, is it okay if I, if I speak for you a little bit? James, I knew you've back then. known the good and the bad of all so, of me the last 15 years, so I'm quite happy with you. You're yeah. the only person in the world I'd say I'm happy for you to tell so, anything. So I would say, like, the interesting, the interesting story about Martin is that he was very shy, but he was also a very good-looking man, a very handsome guy uh, who worked out all the time, and um, people took a lot of interest in him, but he, at this time, for no one knew, no, no one understood why. But to be brutally honest, it's the truth: is he had, he had a, a girlfriend at the time who was no good for him, and um, frankly, no one knew why he was oh, dating this gosh. girl. And, <laughs> um, and and no, no, but it's true, it's true. And I think once that ended you got your confidence, confidence that you hadn't had before because yep. shit sucked it out of you. And you kind of, you bloomed after that relationship ended and grew yeah. in confidence. And so yeah. that's what I Look, think. I, think, that's, I, think, I think, think that's definitely part of it. And I think probably the big learning for that one was, you know, it is much better to be single than be in the relationship with, with the wrong person um, because mm. uh, James is absolutely exactly. right. This, this yep. girl, you know, Good luck to her now, but she had very few redeeming features as far as I was concerned. It wasn't a relationship that brought any happiness, but for some reason I I just didn't mm. think I could get any better and, and stuck with it for sort of th three years. And That's right. um, I guess I look back on it now and sadly everyone from from James to, to my mother to everyone in between was right because they all told me she was no good for me. But, you know, when you're the one living that, it's, it's pretty hard to snap out of it, isn't it? Oh, for sure. I think yeah. relationships can really bring you up or bring you down. But, but I'm quite interested by how um, the environment seemed to react to that shift within you. So you said that, you know, you didn't have that confidence and then you started taking more risks and you wanted to explore sexually. And suddenly the environment almost picked up on that. And, uh, and like James is telling us, you, you were attractive and everyone already saw that before. But somehow that mentality had a huge impact mm -hmm. on on you know um, on your success so to say quote yes. unquote in the dating market so yes and and and, and, do, and in this regard I, I think there are like two types of confidence so we have the that that true confidence you know that you can have within you but then also you know there's a lot of in, in the in the dating world this kind of fake confidence that people display you know especially I guess men display a lot of that if if I can make uh, such a generalization about about a population but um maybe we can explore that thought a little bit more yeah yeah definitely i mean i think probably one of the things i realized very quickly was um there are worse things in the world than you know being rejected or being shot down by someone um so i mean having that having that in the back of my mind made me think you know what if i, I approach this woman what's the worst that could happen 
she tells me either she's she's got a boyfriend or she's not interested well you know I've seen much worse in life than that um and I don't really care if that happens so I think that's part of it but also I don't know there's no there's no mystery or, or magic to dating or getting someone's attention like if you're a, a relative if you're not a jerk about it if you're respectful um and you know show that you're intelligent and and a nice person I mean people are very rarely going to tell you that they're to, to rack off you know so I mean I think one of the good things about that time was I met a lot of people who slept with a lot of them but then there were a lot of others who um you know didn't sleep with them but you know we had started I guess a, a friendship you know you, you talk <laughs> talk shit together and you know um there are a number of women I met during that time who I'm still in touch with regularly Okay, so friends with exes, but maybe not the first woman that we mentioned. No, in definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. Uh, I uh, would be very glad if I never see her again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and what about you, James? How how has confidence played a role or not in, in your dating? Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, I, I uh, was in a committed relationship for mm-hmm. most of my 20s. And um, I didn't really start dating until that ended um and it was sort of a really surreal experience um coming to that you know after that period of time and going what getting back into the dating market um and to be honest i think getting older and dating is much easier than when i was young i found it an easier experience because i knew myself better and i think if you know yourself better uh, and who you are as a person and what you want in life and where you're going, um, you're going to come across better to people. You're going to present better because, you know, that's a natural confidence in my opinion. You don't really have to pretend to be anything if you want. You can do that if you want for fun, but <laughs> um, if, you're, if you're dating someone seriously, um, then, then uh, knowing who you are and, and, and what you want and what's important to you kind of naturally comes with age i think especially if it's something you do consciously like um, you try and learn a new thing or new things Um, you travel when we could Uh, you read you show an interest in life and other cultures i think naturally that's going to be attractive right because you you know you're interesting and then i think the other thing i found was if you're a funny person or you naturally amuse people, you're, you know, got a good sense of humour, that also goes a very long way. I think especially for for men, um, you know, if you're on a date and you can make your date laugh, mm. like you're halfway there. You I know, completely you, agree. I think. Um, and, and you, you know, you've got, to, yeah, you've got to be able to make a person laugh and, and also feel very relaxed uh, and build that trust. But I think to break down the barrier, humour is like, like 50%, if not more of that. Um, Whereas when I was younger, yeah, I was much more self-conscious and much more worried about the way I carried myself. Someone told me once, I don't know where I heard it, and I've said it to Simon, you know, what other people think of you is none of your business. And when you begin to think like that, I think people can naturally sense that, that you you care, but you don't care, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's that's worked for me, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's that's exactly it. 
at least from the perceiving end, I'm, I'm of course projecting myself here as the woman in, in that combination. So if I were to go on a date, date with one of you or, or someone who has that inbuilt self-confidence, I think it makes me feel safer in their company mm. because they know where they stand and then it's easier for me to place mm. myself in that situation. And I think that's something that, you know, is often missing uh, when people are projecting this kind of uh, fake self-confidence or, you know, this kind of cocky mm. behavior is that then, you know, everyone's mm. insecure and uh, because we're social creatures and we get uh, impacted by one another. Yeah, I think it's, there's a, there's a, people say there's a fine line between arrogance and, and, and self-confidence. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think it's a very clear line. I'm not sure what, how you define the line, but when I see someone who's self-confident versus someone who's arrogant, I just know the person that is just naturally confident and the person that is arrogant. Or the person that is arrogant, I think, is dismissive of others and, and maybe confident for no good reason. And I think one attracts and the other one repels. And I, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how to define it other than that. Mm -hmm. That's really well put. But something that Martin, you mentioned a bit earlier is that there are worse things than being yes. rejected. Uh, I completely agree. But on the other hand, when I think back, especially young men, I think the amount of rejection they face is quite a lot. Uh, Again, mm -hmm. there are some men who don't, but I, I think that that's kind of a, a shared experience. Yeah. And I think that can be quite brutal, right? Yeah. Look, I think, I think you're right to a degree. I mean, I probably think back to my own experience as a sort of late teens, early 20s male. And I don't know. I, I, I didn't know the first thing about how to approach a woman at that age. I really didn't. And I even occasionally go out to a pub or, pub or a club Same. from time to time now and I see guys that are of that age trying to, you know, talk to women and meet them. And I just think, geez, <laughs> no wonder you guys get rejected. It's yeah, no wonder you guys it's get rejected so much. Yeah. And I mean, I think that yeah. probably goes a long way to by the time we're at our late twenties, early thirties, when you had a hold a good conversation, I think that's probably a big difference between us now compared to back in the day when we probably well at least I was getting fairly frequently rejected I think these days it's harder because I think with the age of dating apps and internet dating uh I think in some ways it's harder in some ways it's easier for men yes if you're facing constant rejection then yeah that probably could that's why you've had the rise of these things like not that I'm an expert of the incel community and these messed up things where there are these men out there who are frustrated that they, they they seemingly can't get anywhere but i'd say to those people like go and work on yourself why do you mm. care so much yeah exactly you know like why do you care like you need your validation from some other person from a from from a person of the opposite sex you find that validation in yourself and then you'll attract someone because you know they see that you value yourself um but it's easy for me to say that because I'm at where I am now. I remember when I was, you know, a young man and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's gut-wrenching. Um, you know, you, you have to really put your balls on the line to, to face that rejection. And, and when, you, when you're not sure of yourself, um, yeah, it can be tough. So I, the, only, yeah, the only thing I would say is, yeah, um, 
just work on yourself. Yep. You know, go to the gym, read, learn, study, become the best version of yourself, and then you'll naturally attract people. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that, that's exactly it. And things like the gym, you know, uh, I think now compared to my younger days, like I do it now for myself. I do it because I like, I like to feel good and it helps my mental health. Whereas I think probably back in the day, I thought, look, I need to look good because when I'm going out, I need to have a tight T-shirt and have a really good physique that others admire. But now I, I do it for myself. And I think, you know, that's a much healthier way to be. Yeah, for sure. But that's um, back to the the rejection part. Having ha- had a, a husband who I've seen or known since he was twelve, I I kind of uh, saw him when he was single in the early teenage years and and struggled with girls. And I I think that pain can be very real. And I think sometimes mm. it's undervalued by women because the dating market is skewed. Mm-hmm. So we we mm. think it's always a man's job to approach, not necessarily where I come from. In Finland, it might be a bit of the opposite, but in a lot of countries, uh, men are still expected to make the first move, and that takes a lot of guts. Um, but then I think there's a there's a good message of hope here. Then if you say that over fifty percent is down to humor, and the rest seems to be more about you know having that uh, self-confidence and making yourself into the best version of yourself, then, you know, there's not that much that goes down to, you know, uh, what you're born with, so to say. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of men fear that or, or humans fear that in general, that, oh, mm-hmm. I'm too ugly. Why would anyone ever want to be with me? Uh, I mean, I think everyone faces their cha- these challenges. Like, you know, uh, you see all these sort of popular memes and this culture now of, you know, boomers, zoomers, Uh, chads, you know, I don't know if you've seen all these memes. I'm sure you have. Everyone can be a chad if they want to be. But to me, a chad's not necessarily a negative thing. It's it's someone that, as I said, um, they work on themselves. They try and become the best version of themselves. And they don't do that for the purpose of attracting a mate. They do it because... um, they want to live a good life, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they want to know about the world, they want to be yep. curious, they want to understand things around them, they want to m- make money, they want to, um, uh, you know, have great conversations with people and yes. good relationships, yes. and I don't mean rom- romantic ones, friendships. And, 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 like, once you do that, naturally, naturally, I feel um, you'll attract a, a, a good circle of people um and within that circle you'll find perhaps that person or those people that you can date and that's that's what i've found mm. you know um and it, like yeah absolutely attraction is physical attraction is part of it but i you know i don't think it's um i think i think maybe for men it's different you know in a way like i think no, i don't think women i don't think there's Many women out there who appreciate an overweight, out of shape male. Uh, I don't think that screams great DNA or or uh, this person's going to be a great father of my children. Mm, bit of a dad um, bod, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you can, you know, and every every guy can, to an, probably stay in shape. So if you, as long as you stay in shape and and uh, you know eat well, work out. You know, okay, it doesn't matter if you're an Adonis or not. Um, I think it's less important. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a really good message to get out there because it's somehow some people just feel like you know there's no hope, and I mm. think that hopelessness yeah. re- leads to to all these terrible things that we mentioned. You know, where then you get, have rage and you have frustration, mm-hmm. extremism. Um, but okay, you guys mentioned both of you at some point said something about friendships and friends with benefits. So is that a good um, way to get laid? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, I, I would agree. It is a good way to get laid, but in my experience, has been if you're not both very clear about uh, what your intentions are at the outset, uh, it generally ends badly if you're not on the same wavelength. So uh, good in the short term, but it's never ended all that well in the long term for me, um, unless both of us were very clear about what we were doing. Oh, in which way? Can you give some examples? Oh, uh, look, I mean, I, I guess there was one particular woman who, look, in my mind, I was very clear. I, we met online. Uh, we met online one night. We started chatting about 11 o'clock on a Tuesday night. By midnight, she had messaged me her apartment address and said, come on over, <laughs> um, which oh, I wow. did, of course, and it was a lot of fun that night. And... To be honest, that one, we were sleeping together casually for probably 18 months. Um, mm-hmm. In my mind, I was very clear about where this, what this was. Um, but then towards the end, she sort of said I was, you know, leading her on and, you know, had never done her the, the decency of take her out for dinner or anything like that. And to me, you know, that was never part of the equation. But in her mind, um, she thought it was, and you know, she said a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, fairly angry things, and then we went our separate ways. But uh, it was a lot of fun the eighteen months while it lasted. I don't. <laughs> yeah, this is a common common challenge. I think is that you know, you everyone thinks it's so clear in the beginning, and very often one person tends to get hurt in these casual settings yeah and look I, I sh- someone catches feelings yeah and look i should add i've been on the other other end as well you know i sort of slept with someone i was really keen on because um that was all all that she was offering and all that she was willing to give and you know i was probably i, I was offended and hurt when it didn't develop into something more but you know that was that was on me not her if that makes sense mm-hmm. it does Mm-hmm. Well, it's good if you've had both experiences, because I think sometimes people can lack empathy there. And, and it's not like, I think this is very rarely intentional. So you, yeah. Everyone might agree, mm-hmm. but then things change. Yeah. And oh, then it's just mm-hmm. super hard. Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. And I think mostly in those arrangements, there's usually one party who's keen on more. And I don't think it's, you know, mm. necessarily the male or the female. But um, when one person wants more, I think it's always going to end pretty badly. So what about you, James? Oh, in terms of friends with benefits. Um, yeah, definitely. I've had my fair share of experiences, both positive and negative. Probably my first dabble into it was basically when my marriage broke down. And I just, I didn't want anything serious. So... I just went back out into the dating market and got on dating apps and was playing the playing the apps and met a series of people. And then I also back in the day, if you can remember Craigslist, I got mm-hmm. on Craigslist 
And I actually had some really. <laughs> Mark and Ruben just these stories. The, these the ads that James will put up were just works of art. Uh, I wish you they still were. had them. Yeah. Yeah. I used I used all my training for for those ads. Um, they were well written. So wait a minute. So people use Craigslist to date. Mm. They do. They do. Well, they did. They did. They, did. So they, they were the... like a single woman seeking <laughs> big cock. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, not not quite, but it was like they had like a personal section. They've taken it down now, but it, it was great. It, it's like I have so many good stories about it. And the great thing about it was was it was all text, you know. So yes. it was like there was this yes. mystery element to it, right? Oh. So it was this mystery element. And I had so much fun with it because I would put up like sometimes I would put up really base ads, like really like very basic base ones. Mm-hmm. And I get responses, and then I put up these really elaborate ones, and I'd also get responses. Um, and it's like basically, you know, fishing, but fishing like, you know, when you sit on a wharf and you fish, and you like, you put the fishing rod there and just leave it, you know, and you come back and go, oh, I've caught a fish, oh my god, you know, uh... you know, because you, you, you get this email, you know, you get this email, it's like, oh shit, this is a real response, and oh my god, she's actually really decent. What the hell, like. And so the first couple of times it happened, but then I discovered there was this kind of niche market that was like really into these text ads and they would respond to them. And then I thought, well, you know, you can take this to another level. And then Uh eventually I think the first one I met up and it was a really good experience. Wow. um, It was serious. I thought it would only be trolls, you know, like, uh, yeah. No, no, I slept with many, quite a few. Oh wow! Uh, I don't even, I don't even know the number, but at least there's half a dozen I remember. But most of them were good. The majority of them were good, um, but some of them, yeah, some of them were. Uh, obviously, you got trolls, but then you got very good at spotting, like a, mm. a rubbish response. So mm-hmm. you could, you could, you could tell who who was for real and who wasn't, or give you an example or. Yeah, I mean, just out of curiosity, because I've never heard of this before. And I, I mean, Tinder is not working out great for people. So maybe we should revive this, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was it was fantastic for me because I just I learned the art of writing these ads. And it was a real art to doing yeah. it. Right. So because every all the guys would be like freaking Neanderthals. Right. So they would just write, you know, I've got a big dick and I'm this, I'm that the dimensions like because they think like a male and they think. I mean, they think women, sorry, think like a male. Yeah. No, women think completely different to men. That doesn't turn women on at all until maybe you get to a certain point. But you've got to write the ad thinking, you know, like a woman, right? So I I kind of tapped into that. You would write some scenario, right? So you'd you'd write a scenario for her. So I wrote this ad and it was like, you know, basically I have a hotel room. We've never met before. Um, you come to the hotel room, the lights are like dimmed or off and you come in and you lie on the bed and you basically just wait for me and maybe you're even blindfolded and then we do what we do and then I depart and like we don't talk and that's it. Like it sounds nuts, mm-hmm. but people people responded. They loved it. Oh they my God, it. this is very exciting. It. It was, and I tell you what, I tell you, it was actually really exciting because, like, I was expecting a guy to walk through the door, yeah. uh, or, or, or 
like something that wasn't what featured like in their response, like like it was a catfish or something. But no, yeah. they they were like some like really attractive looking women that responded and they loved it. Yeah, fulfilled their fantasy, like I tapped into their fantasy, mm-hmm. and you know it, it was a win win for me. And then, um, like I remember the first time it happened, and it was a girl, and she was I think in a early to mid 30s she was half french and half chinese she was a really attractive smart lady and i got like this response and i thought it was a guy responding because like you said you'd think it's only catfish or yeah know. i wrote back i remember i wrote back and i said oh you must be a guy and then she responded goes no and then sent the photo and was like oh shit huh. and uh she's the one that suggested to me she said i want you to book this hotel at this time and i'll be there and i want you to be waiting i was like what what have i got to lose here a hundred dollars us screw it let's do it so i i booked it i went there i waited and i left the door ajar like she said and sure enough she came and it was awesome and it was like a service department i remember and it was a thursday night and I was in the midst of like ending the divorce. The divorce was still like not finally over, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, as in the court and everything. And it was a terrible day at work. And but this was like just made me feel so good. She came, had a lot of fun, and then she left. It was almost like yeah, it lifted my mood for about a week. Oh and yeah. I think it made me feel better, like in the short term. So I. Mm-hmm. that's the funny part the, the the serious part is yeah i think i think friends with benefits relationships if you want to call them that they have their place but mm. as 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 martin said they usually have a short a short shelf life i met that girl one other time and the other ones i can think of were also quite short and then a few occasions the wires got crossed and the other person wanted more and then it became complicated. And, you know, you don't want to be a bad person, right? But you've made it quite clear that this is it. And so naturally it can end in someone getting hurt. Like, I think the, the more experiences I have, the more surprised I am by how open people are to trying new things like this. Yes. You know? Like it's yes. crazy, right? You think... Like, just from a safety perspective, that can go very wrong, you know? I know, right? Like, it can be yeah. so dangerous. And yet people are, I, I'm assuming that most of the people you met were aware of these risks. And uh, still, you know, the drive for excitement made them take it. And I think that's mm. that's kind of a very interesting fact about the, the world. But then I think a lot of people don't realize that there are so many opportunities out there if you're just willing to look for them. I'm willing to say, let's test it out, if that's what you're into. I, I totally think that's true. I think the thrill, like I remember sitting in the hotel room waiting for this person to come. And like, I remember it, the adrenaline I felt, like the anticipation was almost as good as the actual act, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of addictive. That's why I did it several times, you know. <laughs> Uh, because it was fun you, you right? stole her idea you know she was the one who came up with it you know well well kind of kind of i'll, I'll call it a mutual thing but I, I i've got to give her credit yeah she she definitely led me down 
interesting rabbit warren. Like there were others after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Martin? What, what's the craziest thing you've done? I probably shouldn't start on that end. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, there's there's uh, there's a lot. Um, I mean, I, I probably the thing that the thing some of the most memorable occasions for me were threesomes, and I guess I had in my mind these were threesomes were these amazing exotic things that other people did, but you know it never really happened. Um, but I mean, I had a couple of really memorable experiences, um, often in the most unlikely of circumstances. And just, I remember one night I met two girls as I was leaving a pub and they just started talking to me and they just invited me back to a place they were house sitting, which was a luxurious mansion (laughs) overlooking the river here in WA and I was sort of in my mind thinking where is this going I was like they both seem interested but you know I don't don't want to get ahead of myself but then I started having sex with one and then her friend came in and just took her clothes off and started joining in and it was just it was three hours of amazing mind-blowing sex with two people that I was never going to see again and I think we all appreciated that but it was raw and it was amazing and it was just to me it sort of it made me realize that men and women the end of the day there's not that much difference they both love sex they both love trying new and different things and that was probably aside from you know committed enjoyable uh marital sex that night with those two two women was the most amazing night ever but uh, there's just there's been so many just crazy things um, and sort of going back to the, the safety aspect, the number of women who I had messaged me in the middle of the night, you know, here's my apartment. I'm going to be lying there. Just come in. I don't want you to use a condom. I just want you to come in. And the oh, first wow. few times I just thought, what is wrong with you? Like I could be an axe murderer. But similar to James, you do it once or twice. I won't say it gets addictive, but it does. Just, Come on, it is. It is the adrenaline is going, and we, we still often joke now when we're having a really bad day at work or at home or anywhere. We think, you know, what would fix this? And we both agree, anonymous sex, because <laughs> uh, it's just an unbelievable buzz, and there aren't that many things that compare. Yeah, yeah, that's a crazy, crazy story. I'm sure a lot of people doubt it's real. You know, <laughs> a uh, mansion with probably two. Do. <laughs> to attract yeah. women no way uh, and, and and to be honest like i i didn't as i said i didn't believe that actually happened in real life but i had it at least three occasions and they were pretty great <laughs> yeah that's crazy so that, that, that does lead me to to an interesting kind of area of conversation where i'm just We've talked about anonymous sex. We talked about one night stands and friends with benefits. And it sounds like both of you have experienced quite the volume of sexual mm. partners. So, but you've also had committed relationships. I mean, you've had marriages and, and the other side of things. So which ones do you think shaped your sexuality more and your, your sexual competence more? Because we've, mm. we've kind of wow. touched on empathy, wow. you know? Wow. That's a really good question. Mm, yeah look uh, that, that's one James and I've actually discussed and debated from time to time and it is a really good question I mean probably 
at the start of the show, we talked about that awful girl that I went out with for, for three years who, you know, didn't do much for me. But <laughs> I have to give her credit. She was the first person I'd been with for a sustained period of time. And I think I probably learnt, you know, you learn how to be a good lover when you're with someone for a long period of time. So that got me to a certain level. But <laughs> I, I think it was having so many different experiences that made me realise that that teach you how to to pleasure a woman. And I think comparing me now to what I was at 26 when I got out of that relationship pulls apart because I've just had so many more experiences. I've learned that girls like a lot of different things. Um, and I think all of those experiences have sort of played played a part in getting me to where I am today. I mean, in terms of where I'm at now, I've been with the same person for seven years. And obviously when you're with someone for that period of time, you know what they like and what they don't like. But I guess in terms of short-term versus long-term, from time to time I still do think about the old days of, of apps, of anonymous sex. And, you know, in some ways that still does occasionally make you think, you know, you always want what you don't have, right? And I think when I was having a lot of anonymous sex, it was actually the most lonely and unhappy time of my life. Um, whereas I think on the whole, I'm a lot happier mm. now generally. So that's a very, very long answer to a short question, but I think it's all, all very relevant. Absolutely. Very, very interesting. So, so to summarize, it sounds like a bit of both James. Yeah, I think it's a really good question. Um, I think Martin and I would agree when we look for a, the number one quality uh, we agree we look for is kindness right uh, if you if you're if the, if the person that you're with is not kind or or has empathy as you say and the ability to put themselves in your position and feel or try to feel and understand what you're going through then you should not be with them uh, I've been with partners who who lack empathy and really um, that can be I'd rather be single I'd much rather be single because it then turns into something which is all about them and yeah it's really not fulfilling uh, even if the sex is great you know the juice is not worth the squeeze really it leaves you feeling maybe even more empty and unfulfilled and more stressed because you're constantly worrying about what they're thinking or you know where, where you're at than what you would if you were you know sort of casually dating so I think that if you're in a good healthy relationship then you certainly get more out of it in terms of your whole life experience. If you're going to be with someone um, in a relationship, make sure they are kind. If they're not kind, uh, run. No matter how hot they are, or attractive they are, man or woman, like it's a red flag, get out. So that's that. In terms of sex, I was involved with, uh, with my ex-wife from a very young age and I was very inexperienced, uh, to put it lightly. Mm -hmm. And so was she. So she's not someone that I that I dislike, despite the fact that we're divorced. In fact, quite the opposite. I, I'm very fond of her still as the mother mm. of my children and uh, someone that uh, I respect greatly. Uh, did we connect on a sexual level? Probably not, you know, if I'm honest. And that's not, I'm not knocking her. Some people, some people connect and some people don't. And I think maybe we didn't connect as well as, I have with others since then. I think 
but I, you know, I think I certainly did learn how to relate to uh, the opposite sex when I was married. In terms of being with other people, I think it does make you a, a better lover, if I'm honest, uh, because uh, you get to understand what different people prefer. But essentially, I think if you're, if you're as a man, I think if you put your partner first and you uh, prioritise her pleasure over your own, because let's face mm. it, as a man, you probably can orgasm only a couple of times in the space that she can orgasm multiple times. So if you make sure she's had multiple orgasms and she's satisfied and then you at the end complete, you're going to have a happy woman. And you'll, you'll feel fulfilled mm. too. But I think I learned that later, you know, um, make sure your partner is getting more, feel like you're giving her more than you're receiving and you'll get, you'll get just, just as much as you need in return. Um, but I think that came from experience with casual dating and other partners and discovering that some people are, are simply more sexually compatible than others. And you might be, you might be super sexually compatible with someone, but then emotionally completely uncompatible so that might not work so the mm. physical aspect is just one part of the overall relationship you can't divorce one from the other so again that's a very long answer <laughs> <laughs> no it's great so again trying to summarize here i think that what you're saying is that kindness and empathy is very is key and i guess communication comes with that you know i like that you like this but also um sexual chemistry Absolutely. you know that if, if you don't have that and you have the mm. kindness you might not actually evolve that much because there might not be that much of an interest uh, I, I, like you can't places. create sexual attraction like i see so many men right they're they're, they're with someone and actually also women and they're, they're sort of thinking if i'm with this person for long enough who looks at me as someone they casually date i can create more attraction you can't manufacture attraction it's either there or it's not. Mm. And you can't manufacture chemistry mm. when it comes to like being with that person. Either you're into each other or you're not. That can mm. die. But if it's yeah. not there in the first place, I don't think you can make it. It's either there or it's not. Yeah, that's some good advice. I think that would save a lot yeah. of people a lot of time. Yep. Yeah. And, and maybe also cause less mm. hurt because it's not always conscious it's not like you're not acting in a way that makes me feel this way it's just it, it is or isn't it's chemical, you're not right? feeling so, it like we say you're not feeling it right like yeah. I've, I've had women who are yeah. i've had women who are really nice they're really good and uh there's not there's just there's there's nothing wrong with them it's just i'm not physically attracted mm. to them maybe i'm attracted to them enough to sleep with them okay if i'm honest but i don't I, mm -hmm. I can't, I don't feel enough to go beyond that. And equally, I've mm. certainly been on the opposite end where I'm really into someone, but they're just not into me. And I think it would save a lot of hurt and waste of time if just realize that you can't manufacture attraction. I take it at face value. Well, this has been really, really interesting, but unfortunately I'm noticing that we're out of time, but um, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed sharing as much as I enjoyed listening. But any final words of wisdom or anything that you want people to to know before before we end this? Yeah, look, uh, firstly, thanks for the chat. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, you get good ratings from this one, I would love to do it again sometime, but I'll leave that Thank one. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Great <laughs> um, idea. But yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I think... <laughs> I hate cliches, I really do, but I think this one is true. Don't ever expect your happiness to be delivered by someone else. 
um, you know, you've got to be happy in your own skin and your own life. And if you're looking for another person, male, female, whatever, um, to, to fix you or, or to, to make your life somehow happy, um, you're going to be sadly disappointed. I think the biggest enemy and challenge anyone has is mm. overcoming their own issues or, or mm. sometimes the thoughts in their own head. So I would really say, you know, fix, fix yourself, focus on yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and um, good things will come. Great, great. That's not a cliche. I think that's, that's something that is very important. <laughs> Yeah, and um, I guess I would just second what uh, what Martin has said is that don't look for someone to complete your life or complete you, rather. You're whole as you are, and the sooner you realise that, the less hurt you'll get because a lot of people want to live their life according to a predetermined little movie in their head that they think, you know, I'm going to hit this age and then I'm going to be married and then by this age I'm going to have kids and then we're going to have this little white picket fence house. We're going to live. It doesn't work that way. Life's not like that. Um, you know, who thought we'd have a pandemic in 2019, right, global pandemic? It's just not like that. So don't find your fulfilment or your happiness uh, in someone else. Don't place your happiness in a fulfilled relationship. Be complete by yourself and if that person comes along that adds value to your life that's great and enjoy that while you can but just remember it's temporary and i don't mean don't enter committed relationships do but (laughs) people die people get divorced things happen so they add to your happiness think of your life as a cup that's full when someone comes then your cup is overflowing and when they leave you were okay before they came and you'll be okay when if they go Uh, And if you live 50 years with them and have a great, that's fantastic, do that. But I think there's a lot of pressure on young people to to have this kind of model life. Don't put pressure on yourself like that because you'll end up settling for someone that perhaps isn't the best for you because you feel that that pressure either from yourself or from others. Um, Likewise, don't be afraid of commitment. Uh, I'm not here. I'm not a commitment phobe. Don't be afraid to commit. don't do it for the wrong reasons. Don't do it because, oh, I want to have kids, so I'll just, I'll just grab this person. Or uh, I'm hitting 30, therefore uh, I, I need to get married. Or uh, find happiness in yourself. 